0: Dominate the franchising world, look no further. Join your host, Phyllis Pieri, a franchise expert with over 40 years in the industry, who is here to help you unleash your franchise dreams. Join Phyllis on Fierce Females in Franchising, the podcast dedicated to showcasing the power and success of women in franchising, as she interviews badass female founders with inspiring stories. Chatting with savvy franchisees about their franchising journeys and bringing in industry experts to share their top tips for franchise success. Franchising may be the best kept secret in town, but we're here to spill the beans and show you the endless possibilities that franchising has to offer. So if you're ready to take charge, kick some franchise butt and become the ultimate franchise queen, then tune in to Fierce Females and Franchise.
1: There we go. All right.
2: Fantastic. Well, oh, that sounds exciting.
1: Yeah. It's going to be really fun. So welcome everybody. I'm Phyllis Pieri, your franchise coach and strategic. Um, you know, I I love creating a strategy for women to help them figure out what's the right franchise for them. And I'm super excited, Cindy, to have you on my podcast. One of my goals is to interview people like yourself that are female franchise owners to open women's eyes to why franchising is a great choice for them. Right. So first off, I want to welcome you, but I'm going to read your bio. Okay. It's very impressive. Cindy Starr Stewart, long, um, along with her husband Lance, are the owners of Monster Tree Service of North Pittsburgh. And I've put the URL on the bottom there for you. She is a native of Western PA, where she grew up on a small farm. Her parents were self-employed entrepreneurs. She graduated from Grove City College with a Bachelor of Science degree in Applied Physics and Secondary Education and has a Master's degree in Science Education from um, Clarion Clarion University. Thank you. Cindy and her husband, Lance, will be celebrating 30 years of marriage this summer. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. They have five grown children and two in college, one pursuing his dream of being a rock star in Nashville. Oh my God, how fun is that? Yeah. And two that are engineers. We yep. love our engineers. Yep. This past year, they became grandparents to a baby boy, Miles, who lives with his parents in Frederick, Maryland. Well, I'm a Grammy of three, and being a grandparent to me is the best. It is. Love it. Cindy has had a very diverse and exciting career. She has taught physics, Of all grades from middle school through college, owned her own photography business. We must talk about that for 25 years and has published three children's books. You're a very industrious woman. Mm -hmm. Worked as a sales engineer for 10 years in industrial instrumentation and automation, covering Western PA. Is that West Virginia? Oh, West Virginia and Western New York. Great. She and Lance decided that they were tired of working and making money for others. So three and a half years ago, they took the leap of faith to purchase a Monster Tree Service franchise and have built a thriving tree service from the ground up. They have 13 employees and run a growing $1.5 million business. Cindy and Lance have a passion for Jesus, and so do I, family and making an impact in this broken world. Welcome, Cindy. Thank you. It's nice to be here. It's exciting. Super excited to have you here, and I love your values because- I have those same values and I believe that God put us on this earth to serve a purpose. And I would love to hear your story. We know a lot about your background, but what, what made you decide to take the leap of faith and look at franchising?
2: So actually interesting enough, both, uh, both, uh, both sets of our parents and all of our grandparents worked for themselves. And so we it knew what that horrible, right. Yeah, we knew what that looked like, and Lance and I both thought, "Oh, we're going to work for other people." So we did that, and for thirty years we worked for other people. I was more in the education side. Um, I did that, and uh, after I was teaching middle school and high school, and then decided I needed to stay home. Uh, and, and raise my family and had the opportunity to be a, an adjunct professor at a local Slipper Rock University for about 10 years while I had three more children. So wow. I was able to work part-time and uh, be a professor, but I didn't have a PhD. I have a master's degree, but not a PhD. And so it becomes difficult when you're in um, a higher ed without that terminal degree. And so um, I ended up leaving higher ed and going into um, sales. And I was an industrial sales engineer and traveling all over the place, which was super fun. I mostly worked from home. I'm sitting here right now on my beautiful porch where I spend lots of time sitting and working and look at the birds and looking at my flowers. And um, mm-hmm. that was really working well for me. Um, during all of that time, we were doing lots of ministry at church. We had five kids of our own. Our, our whole family was involved in children's ministry and youth ministry. Um, we did tons of Bible school and all those things. And and I was actually speaking as a, a, a Christian author. I was out speaking at women's events and children's oh, events. Cool. And, things, and ended up writing three fantastic children's books. And I was kind of on that path. And I honest, honest to goodness, I could have taken that a, a long way. Um, but the problem was when I got really deep into that and um, was like at the big, the big shows at Nashville and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, my stomach hurt. And I, I felt really sick to my stomach. And I discovered that when I got really far into it um, and and all of a sudden it became about trying to get on the 700 Club and trying to get your books, you know, um, in these big places. And it became you're selling, but you're selling you in Jesus. And that did not feel nice to me. I did yep. not like that. And yeah. um, and then, you know, as a Christian speaker, if you're not interested in telling people a big fee for you to come, they give you a pl- potted plant and a pack of pens. And, and you know, you're really busting your butt and God's doing these big things in your life to go be a speaker. And I mean, I had big speakers come to our church, charge $3,000, 4000 I just couldn't do it. I So yeah. I decided for me, the better way to go was to give my books away and um, go shine light and uh, go be a blessing to the people and, and use our gifts and talents that God had given us um, to kind of pay for, life. And, um, and then I give my books away everywhere where I go. And we have a fantastic crew. So I'll get to that. But my husband in the meantime was, he he has been so faithful, allowing me to do all kinds of things. So I was a a middle school teacher, a high school teacher, a college professor, a speaker, an author, owned my own photography business, and then a sales engineer. And he was like, you do it, Cindy, whatever makes you happy, that's great. (laughs) While we were raising five kids, and he just knew that I was never going to do great just being home. Mm -hmm. I would go a little stir crazy. I always needed kind of something. So during all that time, he was—he's an engineer, and he was, um, you know, moving up in companies, and he became a site leader of a manufacturing facility that, um, you know, we had 200 people manufacturing, and and that business got bought out by one of the big name companies, and they just started kind of, you know, sucking the life out of that. We could see that's where that was going, mm-hmm. and you know, we've had deep roots. We we met at Grove City College. We've lived here in Grove City now since we got married, and our children—we still had kids in school and and whatnot. We weren't really ready to pick up and go try to. Find find another uh, place, you know, for him to be a site leader. And at that point, somebody from his work had, had worked with um, a guy named Ray Fanning who works oh, for, I know Ray. you know, Ray. Yeah. Really? So he, he's great. He, yeah. Ray is great. So he worked with Ray and, and he ended up uh, finding a franchise. So in it, for our parents, my parents owned their own business. Um, it was in the food service business and catering and whatnot, and mm-hmm. they're 81 and still working my husband's parents had left Western Pennsylvania, went to Florida and were in the Orlando area and ended up buying a Dunkin' Donut.
0: And that was
2: about 51 years ago, right before Disney was getting ready to open. And Mm -hmm. so it went from dirt roads and whatnot to Orlando became Orlando. And so we knew the franchise model worked because we watched how it worked for Lance's parents. You know, we knew how that worked. Mm-hmm. And so when it came time for us to kind of consider something different, mostly for my husband, we were kind of looking for something for him because mm-hmm. we knew kind of where things were going with his company. Um, we started working with uh, the franchise and Ray Fanning, and it, it was a process that really worked well for us. Mm-hmm. We are both sciencey, uh, processy people. The process was really... Um, it made sense. We, it was sort of a cross between, uh, you know, working with your high school guidance counselor, uh, joining match.com to see if the love of your life is out there, but you don't know where they are. And then once you've decided what you want to be, when you grow up kind of visiting, the and seeing which is the right fit. And Mm -hmm. so we went through that process. Um, and it turned out that it made more sense for Lance and I to do this together, um, Mm -hmm. than for him to do it by himself. And so, uh, a lot. We are. We work really well together, but our skill sets are very different. I'm definitely more Which the front. Is really end. important. Yeah. Really
1: important that you each have to have certain roles. Yep.
2: Yes, and we had to define those because there's a lot of togetherness. Like we yes. went from both of us having our own big jobs and a big family and mm-hmm. all of those things and all the chaos of that to now there's the two of us who are together all the time, all the time. and so we've had to really figure out how to maneuver that and um really i am i'm much more the face of the business i i we on purpose kind of made me own a little bit higher percentage than him so we could be officially be like a woman-owned business oh smart yeah Yes. And so, so we, and I'm, I'm sort of the face and then he does all that stuff. I hate, he does all the, the pay the bills and all the insurance and all that stuff back there. And then together we just, we just work out all the rest. So we took a big leap of faith and it was right during COVID. We kind of had, the writing was sort of on the wall, what was happening with the company that Lance worked for. And, um, we were sort of looking at it. We were both right about 50. He was just a little more than 50. I was just a little under 50. And we were like, what are we going to do? And we actually took advantage of a government program that allowed us to kind of empty our, our, our 401k and use that money as oh, a program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we, we set up the business that way. And we, I ended up leaving my job first because most of the things that needed to happen at the beginning of rolling out this business was my skill set. Mm-hmm. It was um, a lot of, you know, building relationships and sales and, and mm-hmm. marketing and all that stuff. And then um, we started cutting our first tree September. We cut our first tree September fourteenth of twenty twenty, right in the middle of COVID. Wow! And, um, and by the end of October, uh, it was time for Lance to leave that business, and mm-hmm. I he couldn't have got over to us faster. I'm like, praise God, you're yeah. here because we need you. <laughs> and things are getting crazy now, and we wow. have never looked back. It it has been absolutely fantastic for us. We love what we're doing. We mm-hmm. feel like we're making an impact and um, we, it's, it's just been great. So what was it about Monster Tree that intrigued you so much? Well, honestly, we had not heard of Monster Tree before and we had not thought at all about trees. That wasn't yes. really even on our list. Yes. But when we sat down to think about like our skill set. So I'm like, okay, I'm a writer. I'm a, I'm a speaker. I'm a teacher. We, I uh-huh. physics. My husband's engineering. And so we kept like trying to dream up like, what does our town need? And maybe we should, oh, maybe we could make this. And we knew we didn't want to do food because both of our families were in the food And we knew in the food business, you're always working when everyone else is partying. And so we were like, no food for us. So when we worked with Fran Choice, um, you know, he basically built this big profile for us, stuck it in his fancy computer. You know, uh, in that process, it's the filters that are really the special part, filtering out how much money do you have? How do you want to, you know, how do you, what kind of pace do you want to be out how many people do you want how do you want to grow do you not want to grow how much money do you have to spend how much risk are you willing to take mm-hmm. and so when all that spit out it spit out five matches for us mm-hmm. monster tree was the number one match the other ones were like painting some kind of goop that fixed uh, chairs and cars okay. and things some kind of proprietary goop um uh, garbage haul away and mm-hmm. and something else and yep. so so his his rule to us was we weren't allowed to say, no, I don't like trees or no, I don't like paint. He mm-hmm. said, you must follow the process and you have to date each one of these places. And so we took that very seriously. Now I will tell you from start to finish, we were, we have been, we were the fastest ever in all of history for Monster Tree from the moment we heard oh, about. God. Until we cut our first tree. I mean, when once we decided that they were the best match, mm-hmm. um, we, we were on a deadline because in the tree business, it's it's not, it is seasonal. We do work year round, but you mm-hmm. don't want to start a tree business in December in Western no. Pennsylvania. No. So they kind of had a deadline on when the latest they'd allow us to start. And mm-hmm. just with how long it took to do everything. And that Rob's program, um, there was also an incentive during COVID that if you got an SBA loan and you opened by a certain date, they would pay the first six months of your loan. Nice. And so we closed on the last second, on the last day, on the very last, last, last second. It was like, <laughs> like this. I'm like, I am going to have a heart attack. Yeah. But we closed in time. And so with all of those things, we were just kind of on the fast track. Once we had decided, I don't know about you. But once you kind of decide you're leaving your job and you decide you're doing something it's new, true. it's really tough to like say, <laughs> you're like, I'm ready to leap to the next. No, I'm out of here. And so we were ready to take the leap and, and we just were like, Lord, show us the way, mm-hmm. um, you know, open the right doors for us. And um, so Monster Tree, um, it was, it was a good fit for us. I remember when we started thinking about Monster Tree, I remember Lance and I getting in the car. I laugh about it now but we got in the car because we don't actually own the territory where we live because where we live, we live around a lot of like Amish people and, and, oh, and farms. they like a case of beer and a friend and they're taking their tree down. So most of our work is we're more in the north of Pittsburgh where it's more fruit fruit, fancy fancy. And so I remember us getting in the car and driving down to the territory we were thinking about buying and we were like looking to see if they had trees. Like <laughs> let's look and see if they have trees. And we're driving around going oh look at all the trees. They have trees. Oh they're Oh, those trees are big. Those trees are dying. Oh, those trees need help. But that's how little we really did know about it. But yeah. what's beautiful about the Monster Tree um, plan is, is that you know, in the tree service industry, there's the big boys, there's the big players, you know, and and they are the big, they're they're big time. And then there's like the Chuck in a truck or the guy, you know, Bob and his buddies or whatever. And there really wasn't a good, um, there really wasn't a great way to get into the tree business kind of in that middle ground where you're really professional. And a lot of the guys who are owning tree businesses, you know, in fairness, they, they came up being a tree guy and then they decided that I'm tired of working for somebody. I want to work on my own. And then they try to be everything. They try to be the sales guy. They try to be the business guy. They try to be the marketing guy. They try to be the tree guy. And they just kill themselves. It's too Uh much. It's too much. It's too
1: much. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So Monster Tree, their model is really to take people like Lance and I who have sales background, business background. Uh You know, mm-hmm. we are, we have resources. We actually, you know, we came into this because it's expensive. Trucks are expensive. Mm-hmm. Shippers, it takes a lot of capital to get started. Mm-hmm. But that actually worked well for us because we had this big chunk of money, as crazy as it was to MTR 401k, we'd been nestling that money away for 30 years. So mm-hmm. we were able to take that money and rather than putting it on an idea, we were able to really chunk that oh, money yeah. down on hardware that was value. Yeah, you know, totally. We And so, you know, especially in this market, you know, the trucks and the chippers that we own, they actually haven't really reduced in value because they're hard to get. Mm-hmm. And so that makes it a little easy. It would make it a little easier for us to actually get the rest of the funding that we needed because the risk was fairly low because they could always take our equipment. Yeah. Always,
1: yeah you yeah. have really nice assets for them to be able. Yeah. To.
2: So that's how we ended up with monster tree. They were the number one fit. We went through the whole process. We went to discovery day and we were like, I think this is a great fit for us. And it has been, it really has been.
1: Don't, isn't it funny? You know, there's that law where you, when you talk about something, you never noticed it before. And now that you're looking at it, it's kind
2: of like you have a whole new set of glasses, right? Oh, now all I see anywhere I go is trees. My kids are like, mom, quit looking at the trees. I'm like, we're on a college tour. I'm like, oh, look at the trees. We're we're at Kennywood. Look at the trees. We're at Disney World. I'm like, look at the trees. Everywhere I go, all I see is trees. Trees,
1: trees, trees. Trees, trees, trees. So so share with me. So
2: do you belong to like the local chamber? How are you doing your marketing? Yeah, so we it's a little bit challenging in that um you know we we own a pretty big territory and it's not where we live. We we drive about. We we ended up buying a big piece of land um in our territory because one of the things we discovered right away was uh, every day until you get rid of the wood and the chips, you can't work tomorrow. And and oh, cool. so right away we were like, oh man, we need a backup contingency plan for what to do every day if we have extra wood or chips we can't do it. So We ended up buying an old park and that was super fun. Um but as far as our marketing and whatnot, we, I, I am not involved with our local chamber and car, commerce and we are involved with so many different communities. Our territory is fairly large that um, it hasn't totally made sense for us to just sort of pick one and be like, that's the one we're going to call home because we are working in a, a pretty big, uh, uh, you know, geographical territory that we're working in. Um, but we are always out there. We, we do a lot of work with um, we've gotten to, well, a, our reputation My t- So God was so good. So we ended up, it turned out all these young men at my church were already in the tree business, but they were working on the line clearing side of the business. Yep. And, um, on the line clearing side of the business, it's a little different uh, beast than the the residential and commercial side, but mm-hmm. these guys had the skill set. And we got some really, really good advice from a friend of ours who was in the tree business and he was a little older. He wasn't really, we were hoping he'd come and join us, but it was a little too much risk for him. But he said, if you really, really want to build a great team, you've got to make it professional. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that most of the tree services don't do. They're not offering healthcare. They're not offering dental. Not franchising. Yes. They-
1: you do all those things yes
2: and so he was like make sure you offer you know a a professional package and so we Mm -hmm. did and we ended up bringing on a bunch of guys from our church who are still with us today the the guys we started with on day one are still with them we love them they're part of our leadership team and Mm -hmm. we really are really really picky about who we hire my Mm -hmm. team i say you are like the boy scouts and when you go out there it's yes ma'am no sir and we are going to go out there and we're going to let in one of the books I wrote was called The Lamp Maker. It's about shining light and how, you know, God created every one of us to shine his light. And so yep. every day I'm like, we're going to go out there and shine light. We're going to be a blessing to the people in this community. We're going to help them. We're going to take care of them. We're going to treat them well. And I get calls all day, every day. I get so many calls. People are impressed with our tree work. Sure. We're good tree people. We do good work, but they are really impressed with the quality of people that I have working for me. And that is not a mistake. We would much rather hire guys right out of high school who maybe college isn't a good fit for them and teach teach them how to be a great tree guy. Yeah. It's hard to find, you know, necessarily seasoned professionals in the tree business who want to come and join us, who maybe fit our culture. So we've had to kind of go about it a little different way. But as far as our marketing, we do a lot because both of us left our jobs. A lot of times, you know, maybe one spouse is still working. So you still have one income or you still have, you know, while you're getting your feet on the ground or not. But because both of us left our job, um, we, we we take on as much of the work as we can ourselves as possible. and. Mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons we have been so successful is that there are two of us and we are working on it and sharing that load. We mm-hmm. sleep well at night because of Jesus. Uh, you know, we sleep well at night, trust, and He's going to provide the manna day to day. But um, we do a lot of EDDMs ourselves, and then we go deliver those, you know, to the individual um, post offices. I answer all the phones. So when people get me, when they get an EDM that says, you know, hey, I'm Cindy and they call. It's Cindy answering the phone. And I, I, you know, I stick with them from the beginning to the end of the project. So we just really take a really personal approach. And right now we're getting a lot of, you know, a lot of repeat business, a lot of referral business. And my guys are the best advertisement. They're always passing out cards and using, you know, yard signs and things like that. But I won't say it's not hard. I mean, it's it's tough every day.
1: Of course, yeah. Just being a business is tough, and you know, especially imagine going through COVID. Although.
2: You know, trees still fell down and they still had issues and they had to be taken care of. Right. Exactly. COVID was actually fantastic for the tree industry because everybody was home. Uh So they were home in their backyard looking at their trees and they had nowhere to go. So Uh they were like, well, gosh, let's get this tree stuff done while we're COVID. So COVID itself was actually fantastic. Now we're sort of in a law where people are a little more nervous about spending their money. So they're being a little more careful. We Mm -hmm. also had about 18 months here where we didn't have one storm. Well, then as soon as the first storm came, all the trees fell down and everybody called because, you know, all they're like, ah, the trees. But it is, you know, it really is weather related. And um, but we are finding people are a little more nervous to spend their money right now with the economy. But we're trusting, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, if a tree falls on their house, they need help. So,
1: yeah, totally. I mean,
2: they've got to take care of it.
1: Yeah, you know, sure. I find it interesting. I grew up in an entrepreneurial family and I think there is something about we have ingrained entrepreneurial genes mm-hmm. that, you know, you guys kind of, you know, so it so here's what I find fascinating. My son-in-law is a PA for the cardiac unit and his dad was an entrepreneur. So I think having a family that's entrepreneur, I think you can go one of two ways, right? Either they're entrepreneurs and they go, "Oh my God, I don't want any part of that," right. or they're entrepreneurs and they go, "Yeah, that is that is part of my DNA." I do think it's so much of it has to do with yeah personalities. So I wanted to ask something. I'm going to show a slide here because Monster Tree is owned by a company called Authority Brands. Sure. I'm curious. Was was Monster Tree being a part of Authority Brands? Was
2: that part of your decision making? No, in fact, um, Monster Tree was not owned by Authority Brands when we signed up.
1: I wondered about. I was going to ask you that before we got on here. Okay, I see they yeah. purchased them in 2020. Okay, yes.
2: So we were actually probably the very last, probably the very last franchise. It was like uh, about four of us in mm-hmm. our little class that all joined at the same time. We were the last class that were signed up before um, Authority Brands uh, purchased Monster Tree. And okay. so, um, so we kind of, we aren't under the old, old guard that were always there. You know, Monster Tree was, you know, owned by this guy who started it, Josh Skolnick and whatnot. Yep. It, those people were, you know, really like, wow, we were here. And then we were like the very, like, like we literally signed the ink. I think the ink might have still been wet. And, you know, we were getting started <laughs> and then boom, it was bought by Authority Brands. And so. Um, Yeah. So we we did go this past year, though, they had um, so a bunch of the events were canceled during like 2020, 2021, Mm -hmm. as far as like the yearly meeting and all these things. Mm -hmm. And so we were kind of we were kind of like, well, we haven't really met anybody else except for on Zoom calls or, you know, whatever for quite a while. And then luckily this past year, like last November, December or somewhere in there, we were able to go to the authority brands uh, monster tree had their yearly convention and it was in conjunction with authority brands in Orlando. And so we were able to kind of, for the first time, kind of get a flavor and sort of a feel for who are all these other, you know, authority Mm -hmm. brands franchises, Mm -hmm. but that was not, that wasn't a factor in our decision because it wasn't even on the radar when we signed our contract.
1: Okay. So I just want to bring the audience up to date so they understand. So there's a, there's an ad, there's, this is a trend we're seeing right now large brands like 30 brands are going out and acquiring other types of businesses. And the value of that for someone like yourself, Cindy, is that they're going to have more access to capital. They'll have, you know, increased technologies and resources and suppliers. And the goal is to kind of own the home so that, I'm sure, I don't know if they started it yet, but I know there's a lot of conversation about cross marketing. So if you know somebody goes out and paints a house and they see that they have some tree issues, they would know to call you. So I do think it's something we're seeing. And the other thing that we're seeing that they're looking at is someone could purchase, you could do monster tree. And then if you guys wanted to expand, instead of buying another monster tree territory, you sure. may buy one of their other brands that would make yeah. sense, yeah, so I always like to just kind of educate people on what's going on and and so forth,
2: yep, yep, and there's you know there's pros and cons to all things, you know, I would say um, definitely the people who. You know, when you buy into one thing and you're like, this is how it is. And then somebody else comes and takes over. In some Mm -hmm. ways for us, it was like, oh, we just went through this. We worked for this great company and then this other big company bought it. And oh, here we are. But, you know, we're like, well, here we are. So we just are like, "Okay, Lord, take the wheel. Help us to see the positives and and not get frustrated by the negatives. Because with everything, there's pros and cons. You just have to navigate your way. And um, we tend to always try to see the, the, the positive side and trust that the good Lord has our back and we, we keep on trucking.
1: Yep. So I love it. So I, I came from my background is I spent uh, years in the printing industry. My husband and I both had that business. And then we spent 10 years together in the automotive industry. So I know what it's like to have that you know, husband, wife, who's who's on base, right? Yeah, yeah. When I, when I work with couples or work with people or work with somebody who wants to do partnership, which is scary at best, but one of the things that we always talk about and I always have the conversation around is having to find roles. Because the one thing I always say to the guys, and Cindy will appreciate this, is she is not going to want you to come home and tell her what to do. That's right. That's not happening because you're not her boss. Right. So it's really important to, and also to really figure out what your strengths are so that you are doing the things, like you said, you're doing the things you really enjoy and your husband's doing the things that he's comfortable with and it's a natural for and all of that type of thing.
2: For sure. Oh, absolutely. And I'd say, um, you know, for the most part, we we joke a bunch. It's a lot of togetherness because it, I mean, it's it, just just be honest. It is. It's a lot of togetherness. I mean, we are, we are together all day, pretty much all day, every day. And sometimes I'm like, I'm just going to go drive to Walmart just so I can kind of tell you, I saw something different that you didn't see. And I can tell you about it, you know? <laughs> and, um, you know, we've yeah. had to really n- navigate that. But at the end of the day, when I look at all of the other people who are trying to do what we're doing and whatnot, I see most, most of the time it's one guy who's trying to do everything and maybe his wife has a job or maybe she's home with the kids, but she's not that involved. That's and i right. see a lot of really tired men who are overwhelmed who are feeling like i'm i'm putting everything i have in this and it's it's hard it's very hard i think lance and i regularly look at each other and we're grateful that the other one is there to pick up the slack and you know if i'm having a bad day he can take over and do whatever if he's not feeling well i can take over and do whatever but for the most part we had to really find our lanes and mm-hmm. and it, there was no doubt about it. Lance really was not interested in being the front, front face. He was not he's not interested in doing this podcast with you. He is not interested in, you know, talking to the customers on the phone when they're upset about yep. something or they need something. That's just not what he wants to do. But he has no problem at all pulling together all the spreadsheets, right? Looking at all the numbers. I I could just throw up right now we're trying to renegotiate new insurance because one of the biggest expenses in tree business is insurance. That's huge, right? If we can save a little bit of money on insurance. It We go a long way. So he's like, searching for new insurance and he's like doing i'm like i could just be like i don't want to do that you know i don't want to look at it i don't care i don't want to look at it so it you know finding your lane is really important once in a while we step on each other's toes very rarely um pretty much we're able to to navigate and you know we've been together a long time we've grown up together you know we're we've been together since we were in our you know college we met in college so we've raised a family together and the one thing i have to say um you know that has been really cool to me is that my My background sounds like I surely have some kind of, you know, ADD because I've done so many crazy different things going from education, owning photography business, you know, um, being industrial sales, writing some children's books, out speaking, and now I own a tree business. And you think, what's wrong with her? She's a nut. But all of that stuff, you know, the way that the good Lord worked, all of those things prepared me for the next step. Well, yeah, every little piece of that. There is every day none of those skills, none of that experience goes to waste every day. Like trying to deal with nine young men who work for me. I praise God. I had five kids who already stretched me and killed me and made me dead to self. You know, when I already had kids who, you know, you know, yes. totaled the car and ruined my stuff and pil- spilled ink on my carpet. So when my guys end up breaking a chipper or getting in a wreck or something happens, I'm not having that panic, you know, this is the end of the world feeling. Because I've, I've been, You've that's done it. been, I'm already dead to that, right? That's already been yeah. stretched out of me. Yeah. Physics comes into play all the time. Lance and I use our problem solving and our physics skills all the time when the, you know, uh, uh, lift gets knocked over and we got to figure out how to set up the pulleys. So, or,
1: you know, what so, was the big equipment and cutting the trees? Was your background? Was that one of the reasons you were attracted to Monster Tree? Do you think? Um,
2: I, I think that we were attracted to um, working with with a young with a young group of men that we could really help them find a great career because mm-hmm. we love young people. My husband was always really into coaching. You know, we have five kids of our own. And Mm -hmm. this is a young man's game. And so Mm -hmm. I think working with a group of young men that we could really have an impact on their lives Mm -hmm. and provide them with a great career and provide them with, because I was into education. You know, my husband was into, uh, you know, being a mentor and a coach and, and running a plant. So I think working with these young guys, um, I think that the big equipment I grew up on a farm with my dad was always doing excavating and, you know, all kinds of stuff. So equipment didn't really scare me. Um, I was a gearhead when I was a kid. My dad and I rebuilt a 67 Camaro together and I still own it. And I got busted for drag racing. So like I'm like a little bit of a gearhead at heart. So that stuff really didn't scare me. Mm-hmm. And I knew that Lance and I were good problem solvers. You know, as as a as, we were good, pro, we were good educators. And I knew I was good at sales and I knew I loved people. So I felt like with all those things together and, you know, we knew that there were, you know, trees are everywhere and they're not going That's anywhere. Right. And so right. we sort of did feel like there was a little bit of stability in that, in that, you know, there are trees everywhere mm-hmm. and that if we can help, you know, help people with, with the problem that they have. So, Absolutely. you know, I, I don't know. It just, it was a good fit. Everything about it seemed no. like both just had a good feeling about it.
1: Well, and the process that Ray took you through is the same process that I take my clients through because I learned from Franchise. That was my first stop in this world of consulting. And I do believe that they have the best process out there. So, you know, that's why I'm grateful that I have the knowledge. But so many times I think that people, if they don't go through and do the due diligence and they get sold and they don't get educated about all the different aspects of it, then they're the ones that lose because they don't think I've had clients get into a business and he really loved it, but he realized he was a suit and tie guy and, you know, working with blue collar people wasn't his gift. For sure. He hadn't thought about that. And boy, after that happened, I have to tell you that I always make sure my clients clarify, what kind of employees do you want to have? It That's makes true. a huge difference. It does. and A lot of times it's something that people don't, they kind of gloss over it. And I'll always say, well, we're not going to gloss over it. We're going to talk about this, That's right? That's because it's something true. that you wouldn't think about. It's something
2: Absolutely. you just don't it doesn't really occur to you until you're in the middle of it, right? Absolutely, absolutely. We have witnessed that. We see that, and we try to encourage people who are in that situation, going, "Oh my gosh!" Like, "Oh my gosh!" And you know, there's basic things like the young young folks we're working with—they're great kids. They come from great families, but they don't know so, about some things. You know, there's things they don't like. When we start talking about like you know investing in a four hundred one k, they're like, "I don't really know what that is. Mm-hmm. I don't really know why would I want to do that." You know, when we start talking about, you know, signing up for healthcare, they're like, well, I don't know if I really need that. And, you know, so we, we you know, there's a lot of stuff like that that we're, we're talking to them about. And- oh, Such a difference in their lives. They don't and even we love them. Yep. Yeah, and we love yeah. them. And we want great things for them. And one of the things that has been really important to us is- Yes, we are working with blue collar workers. And yes, we are um, in that in that realm. But we are working really hard to help them understand, like, you can't go to college to do this. And college maybe wasn't a good fit for you. But you you know, you're going to make mistakes. And it's going to be painful. But we're going to call those mistakes tuition. And when when those things happen, we're going to pause, we're not going to yell, we're not going to get all mad. But we're going to talk about the $2,000 that just got spent on this thing that happened. I had one guy, He was driving a big truck with a trailer for the first time and if, if you didn't grow up with a family with a boat you know or whatnot, or camping you maybe never did that before and so, so they got to a, 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 an intersection and it was you know they had to take the big truck and the big trailer and go up and turn left and go like this well this lady was too far forward and so they knew once they got out in the intersection they knew she was too far forward and they had a pretty good feeling they were going to hit her but they didn't know what to do yeah. they didn't know what to do so there they are. And so they were like, if we just drive slowly, maybe it'll work out. So they slowly took the front end of her car off, right? <laughs> God. And I'm like, guys, you have on bright orange and yellow. You have stop signs. You control the road. Yeah. All you had to do was get out and you're already trained in how to do traffic. Get out, stop the traffic. Tell everyone we're not moving till this lady moves back. Got to move back. Got to move back. Right. And so we learned from it. And I said, you know, I I get it. That was a hard thing. You weren't sure what to do, but we're going to have a big safety meeting about it. And we're going to work. You know, we'll we'll pay for the front end of that lady's car. And then let's learn from it. Let's not do that again. You know, let's learn from it. And so we call those things tuition. So uh, when something happens, I'm like, oh, we're paying a little more tuition today. Guys, we're going to learn from it. And um, and so we are investing it, but that that is a big thing. People need to that? realize that you are working with a different, you know, you, when you come from you know industry, you come from that white collar world, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're trying to employ a bunch of people more in that that labor skill set. It is different, and if you aren't prepared for that, it could definitely get you. It could get you good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's interesting. I was interviewing. Uh, one of our female CEOs. And she was saying that the franchisees start on day one. And by the end of year one, they're different people, because they've learned and stretched and so much. But what you what you said about um, everything you've done to this point, that's, is has really prepared you. And that's one of the things I always say to people, because they'll say, Oh, I don't have any experience in being my own having my own business. I said, I know, But everything you've done to this point has prepared you for what's next. Yes.
2: And for sure.
1: Your purpose, right?
2: For sure. For sure. And none of none of the things that we did have gone to waste. We can see, you know, my husband's skills with, you know, understanding all of these things from business about, you know, forecasting and data and spreadsheets and, you know, it's mm-hmm. safety and processes and all that stuff. We're using all of those things. And my understanding about sales and being trained in sales and, and marketing and all those things, even my photography business skills. You know, yeah, so, so to talk about that. How did yeah. that start and why did you do it? Well, so this is kind of crazy. You know, it it goes way back. I was getting my master's degree in science education. And um, to be totally honest with you, Uh, You know, my degree was in physics and Mm -hmm. I was a physics high school physics teacher. I was getting my my master's degree in science ed. And every almost almost every other person who was getting their master's degree in science education also were elementary teachers. Mm -hmm. And that was fine. But I had little kids at home. or I was pregnant or I was having a baby and I'm driving far to take these classes, spending money on a babysitter, spending Mm -hmm. money on the classes and they were just the first time we colored moths and hid them in the library i'm like this is such a waste of my time but okay the second course that we colored moths, cut them out and hit them in the library i was like i'm gonna really uh, lose it here the third time we cut out moths and hit him in the li- hit him in the library i lost it i said you people are killing me here so i actually um at that point you know i love taking pictures and this was before did pre-digital Mm-hmm. There's a lot of physics involved. So I actually came up with a plan. I said, would you let me do an independent study where I can write this, this whole curriculum on physics and photography? And I'll write the curriculum, all the hands-on activities, everything. So they agreed to it and they let me do it. And, um, that just really can, you know, spark my interest. And then what happened was I just was good at taking pictures and I loved people. And mm-hmm. so, because when you do that, so what would happen is I go to a wedding and I'd end up taking my camera and i end up taking all these great pictures and then mm-hmm. giving them as a wedding gift. And then the next thing, you know, my husband was really involved with coaching and my kids were all playing soccer. And before you knew it, I ended up being the lady who did all of the soccer pictures, all the baseball pictures, oh, all boy, the team right? pictures, all the cheerleading pictures. Yeah. I did everything in my community. Well, it worked out really great for me because we also did a lot of children's ministry. So mm-hmm. I would be at church and usually when we were doing children's ministry, I was the lady who was up front on the stage, leading the motions and singing the songs and giving the lesson. And then all these kids, I mean, I go to a pretty big church and there's like hundreds of kids. So they'd see me at the grocery store and they're hugging me. And oh, I'm like, oh, it's you from the fifth row. Like, I, I, I don't yeah. know who you are. Yeah. So the photography business, by doing that, it allowed me to know every family and every kid's name in my community. Oh, wow. And that's one of the main reasons I did it. And I could do it while I was working from home. I could do it while we were going to the soccer games. And I I, I helped my friends who needed a little bit of lipstick money. You know, they'd wipe the peanut butter off the kids' faces. And, we'd, and it didn't stress me out. I would much rather do 250 kids on T-ball day You know, opening day of baseball, I'd rather do 250 kids than do a wedding. Now, I did weddings. I did fine at weddings, but every bride thinks you're going to make her look like she's from the GQ magazine or something. I don't know what. And I'm like, I can't do it. You know, some of you, I just can't help. But these kids, I and I knew the kids. And they knew me. And so I wasn't necessarily the best technical photographer, but I knew those kids and I could make them smile. And they knew me, they were comfortable with me. And so I loved that. I did that for a long time. And then a funny thing happened. I decided I was going to go back to start substitute teaching just for a little season of time, just for fun. And the very first day I went to school to substitute, I was substituting for this science teacher. And these kids were bad. I mean, they were so bad. And I, I was like, I just, I stopped and I said, that's it jimmy in your seat bobby no way tim enough and they all looked at me with these great big eyes and they were like how do you know our names and i said a oh. picture lady don't you recognize <laughs> <laughs> So when i substituted i it worked out i knew every kid in the community so oh. i did that for 25 years i for 25 years i took pictures and i started out actually as a creative memories consultant so i had owned my own business as. A oh creative okay And so and then when the whole scrapbooking thing, when Creative Memories had started, you know, nobody had that. And then the Internet and digital and blah, blah, blah. Before you knew it, it was a Walmart and all kinds of places and online and all those things. So I kind of left being a Creative Memories consultant, went into the photography business and then to, to this day. I'm using all those skills because I can I can pull up and make an ad. I can pull up Photoshop. I can fix things. I can put something together. So so even that skill set comes into play because oh, you know, I can yeah. use all of those things. And and so physics and photography goes together. That all goes into marketing. All of the all of that sales and owning my own business being that you know into that thing and mostly all of it honestly has been around people. So the thread from beginning to end has been, you know, being light, shining Jesus, loving people, and mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter whether it's in a classroom or whether it's taking their picture or whether it's fixing their trees or whether mm-hmm. it's helping them have a great career, it's always about the people.
1: I love that. That's wonderful. So Cindy, this has been fabulous. Tell me, what is one tip that you would give someone who is looking for a franchise? one thing that, is there anything that you wish you would have known, or is there anything you would have done differently, or one tip that would help them maybe have the courage to move forward?
2: Well, I I don't know that I wish I would have done differently, but I can say, I can't say enough good things about using someone to help you, having a consultant who knows what they're doing, because we would have never found you know, Monster Tree. We didn't know about it. We Mm -hmm. didn't know what was out there. We didn't know. We, and my husband and I being so different and it was like, we didn't know what we didn't know. We didn't know about programs. We didn't know how you got the money. We didn't Mm -hmm. know. And you know, it'd be easy for me to tell you now, well, I could start a tree service now. I could have a really successful tree service and I wouldn't need Monster Tree at all. And I could probably tell you that. And it's probably true. I probably could start a really successful tree service. But I couldn't have started a successful tree service three and a half years ago, nope. and I didn't know anything about it. And Monster Tree, by, by being a part of a franchise, it enabled us to, A, we have all these other franchise owners, Monster Tree owners that have become resources to us. We support each other. We care about each other. We, we can learn from each other. We, mm-hmm. And you have all these things. So I think that you know, finding a good consultant to work with, finding a coach, finding somebody that you trust. And then trusting the process because Mm -hmm. we could have easily said, now we did say no food and, you know, maybe, maybe that was bad for us to put that out there, but there are some things you have to decide, you know, I just knew enough about food to know I didn't want to do food. So it was the only thing we said no to, Mm -hmm. but beyond that, we just stayed open. We stayed open to the process. We followed the process and it worked out for us. So
1: I wrote this book, itty bitty, how to consider buying a franchise book. one, And, uh, one of the uh, members of my networking group this morning stopped me and he said, Phyllis, I've been reading your book. And he said, you know, when you talked in your book about mutual due diligence, that they're looking at you and you're yeah. looking at them yeah. and he's in mortgage business. And he said to me, you know, I didn't, I never really thought of it that way. And he yeah. said, I realize that when people come to me, I i don't even consider the fact that they, you know, are kind of checking me out. And he said, and I realized that I don't do a very good job at checking them out either. And he said, mm-hmm. I really appreciate that because yes. I need to consider that. It was really sweet.
2: Yes, absolutely. I, I say that to people a lot too, because like I, I put it like we, we live here in Grove City. I went to Grove City College. If you know anything about Grove City College, you may or may not. But it's a very no. conservative Christian school. It's like one of the only schools. It's one of They were the one that stood up to the government as far as like the Title IX or whatever. And they don't mm-hmm. accept any government money and all these things. But here's the thing. They have an excellent engineering program. And if you want to be an engineer, um, you're going to get a very different experience getting an engineering degree going to Grove City College versus getting an engineering degree at Penn State University or getting an, engi- a, 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 an engineering degree at Carnegie Mellon or getting yeah. an engineer. You can get an engineering degree everywhere, but but it's going to be a very different experience. And and if you were going to Grove City or you're going, going to Penn State, there's they're, they're looking for a certain kind of people and you're looking for a certain kind of school and they, they have to both match. You have to fit the culture. They have to fit the culture and it has to be a good fit or you're going to be miserable. You're Mm going to really be miserable if the culture is not. And we find that employees that we hire based on skill set, but we're kind of like, I don't know if they'll fit in with our culture. They Mm -hmm. weed themselves out because they don't want to, they're not a boy scout and they don't like the boy scout. Way and they're like, I want to be able to smoke and chew and swear and whatever. And the it's like, we're not doing that. And so yeah. they weed themselves out, right? Yeah. And so I, I absolutely agree. You have to test out that you have to test out that franchise as much as they're testing out you. And and it needs to be a good fit. And that's one of the reasons it's funny. Monster Tree uses us, Lance and I. We are one of the people that actually talk to other franchises when they're you know mm-hmm. when they're going through that vetting process and they're going through that. And one of the reasons they put me in front of the other franchise. You know, people who are thinking about buying is I'm really honest. And That's I say, right. this yeah. is really hard. You know, why, man, you look like you have a really great life and you go on vacation three times a year and you have a really nice tan. Mm-hmm. It looks like you have a lot of free time. Like, this is hard. Are you sure this is going to be a good thing <laughs> for you? And and you yeah. would think that Monster Tree would be mad. That I tell people that, but they would much rather somebody know that on the upfront than get that's in it and say, I thought I was going to be able to go to Aruba three weeks, four times a year. Well, you, yeah, can't right. you can't do that. You
1: know, it's really funny. I believe it's the same way in this role that I have. Uh, when I joined, when I started, I went from being a franchise owner, having sold franchises, and then I got into the role of matching people. And I can honestly tell you that I never worked so hard because yes. there are first of all, there's so much to learn. And there's so many little bits and pieces and little things that you say and do that that if you drop one here and you drop one there, there's, it doesn't, it just doesn't work. So yeah, people get in thinking that what I do is really simple and it's actually not, it's a lot of work to do it right and to do it
2: well. Yeah, it's for sure. Absolutely. I don't think we've ever worked this so hard in our lives, but we have everything on the line. So we're like, well, we're going to make it. So they keep pushing forward. But it's ours. It's ours yeah. to build and it's ours to lose. It's That's ours. Right.
1: Well, and it's a beautiful legacy. I mean, who knows? You never know. Some of the kids may end up wanting the business later on. Yeah. Who, knows? who knows? Only God knows. Only the good Lord knows. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, well, thank you very much. This has been wonderful. I so appreciate you taking the time out of your busy
2: schedule absolutely oh. it's been a real joy it's been a joy and um and i just i think the other thing is for people truly um you know Pray and ask the good Lord to guide you and 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 let peace be your guide and unity. You know, for Lance and I, you know, we knew we were going to do this together. And, you know, our, our rule was we had to both feel really good about it and we had to have unity in that. And, and that's what keeps us, you know, even now, you know, when things are hard and we have to make a decision, are we buying another truck? Are we adding another employee? Are we getting another crew? Are we borrowing more money? Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of like we follow that rule. And that's how I think we've managed to stay married for 30 years and raise right. five kids. You know, are we in peace about it and do we have unity about it? And when we do, we go forward together. And and when we don't, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a no. It just means this might not be not yet. Or exactly. maybe maybe it's just not the right time or something. And we wait. We don't get mad. We don't get frustrated. No. We just wait. And we trust that it's going to, and it always does work out. And that way, if something does go really bad, it's not like you got me into this. That's your <laughs> fault. It's like we are in this together. No. And so that that's the best advice I have for all of life in general is, you know, be in unity and have peace. And, you know, even when things are hard, you know, we're able to sleep at night because we, we just have that faith and trust that, that we're in this together and it's going to work out. So You're it was great. Thing. Yeah, it was great being on your show. Thank you so Thank much. You. And, and God bless. And. Best wishes. Please send
1: me a link to where people can buy your books. Well, that's
2: the thing. So they, uh, at this point I have kind of pulled them all Uh, that people might be able to find them on Amazon. They were, I used to sign books in Barnes and Noble. They're out there. Um, uh, you can look for Cindy star Stewart, but in general, um, if somebody sent me a message, Store Monster Tree," I have most of them here now, and my my great fun is to sign them and send them out, and then send you know, pull a little note on them that's personal. Um, but you can look them up. It's the Lamp Maker, the Potter, and Our Father by Cindy Star Stewart. They're out there, and um, it was just one of the most fun things I ever did, just for fun. So I love that. Yeah.
1: Thank you.
2: All right. Thanks. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Now.
0: Thanks for listening to Fierce Females in Franchising. We hope you feel inspired by the stories and insights shared by our amazing female franchise founders and franchisees. Don't forget to tune in next week for another episode filled with valuable advice, motivation, and a good dose of fun. And if you're ready to take the leap and explore franchising for yourself, head to our website for more information and resources. Remember... Franchising is the best-kept secret in town, and we're here to help you unlock its endless possibilities. So stay fierce, stay curious, and keep crushing those goals.